MSW Media. News was swearing. Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, December 25th, 2019. I'm your host, AG, and Merry Christmas. Today, we have an interview for you with the incomparable Greg Proops from Whose Line Is It Anyway, where we discuss, among other things, Barr's release of the Mueller Report. This is one of my favorite interviews from our sister podcast, Mueller, she wrote, and the initial release of the Mueller Report is important today because of the implied reference to it in the articles of impeachment that were just passed and how it demonstrates a pattern of behavior from Trump that we have seen in, you know, inviting foreign interference in our elections and his subsequent obstruction of justice. So please enjoy. This one's really funny. Today for the interview, one of my favorite comics. He's got a new album out on iTunes called The Resistance. You know him from the Smartest Man in the World podcast. And whose line is it anyway? He'll be joining us live at the Largo in Los Angeles, April 18th. Please welcome Greg Proops. Greg, thanks for joining us on Mueller, she wrote. Hi, A.G. Hello, Mueller's. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We just got back from the road. You're on the road, so roads. Yeah. Mass, massive roads. I'm in Indianapolis. We're going to Bloomington tonight, which is kind of the, uh, I don't know how to describe it, the Berkeley of Indiana, if there is such a thing. Okay. Kind of like Athens in Georgia. Exactly. Well, right on. Um, let us know how that goes. That'll be cool. Uh, are you doing a, a, your, are you touring on your album or are you doing Whose Line? Oh, no, this is a Who's Live. Yeah, we got Dave Foley with us this week, and then next week, Drew is uh, doing a bunch of shows, and then Dave comes back. Oh, cool. And then I go to a Star Wars convention. Ooh, where's that? In Chicago, uh, on the uh, 14th? 15th. Nice. We just had WonderCon, and then Comic-Con's coming up. We always go to that. Yeah, I've never been before. I mean, I went to Comic-Con, oh my god, in like 80-something, when it was little, dinky nothing. Yeah, like three booths and guys selling comic books, and that was it. <laughs> Right, there was a comic book, exactly. Uh, and now, uh, uh, yeah, this is some big Star Wars to do in Chicago, so they asked me to come, so I'm doing it, because uh, I, uh, I was in, the, of course, the finest of all the movies, The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did an animated show last year called The Resistance, and I was in that as well. And, and then there was one a couple years ago called Clone Wars? I can't remember. I think it was called Clone Wars. I played a bad guy in that one, which is cool. And I try to kill Princess Amandala, and then my character gets blown into blown away. And then they call me after I did it, and they're like, "Do you want to do the same character again?" And I was like, "My character's dead." And they went, "Greg, it's Star Wars. It's a prequel." <laughs> so you're, you're never really dead in their universe. Oh well, that's that's a bonus. It's good job security. It is, right? Yeah, they'll just reboot it every few years with time travel, and you're good to go. Exactly. And somehow I keep popping up in every incarnation of it, so I couldn't be... Uh, that's, it's good. It's fun. Yeah, that is, that is, that is good. Um, well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about the... Uh, I want to see how you were feeling after the quote-unquote release of the quote-unquote Mueller report uh, and the now seeming walk back on the call for exoneration and no collusion, no coordination by the mainstream media. What, how, are you, how are you thinking about this? Well, I mean, it's, it's, dis- it's disappointing and disgusting, of course, but... I mean, I think this was their – the reason they even picked uh, Barr to be the AG is because he's uh, completely in the bag, um, corrupt. He'd already written a bunch of papers and met with other guys at the Federalist Society saying that 
he didn't feel the president could ever be indicted, and that he blocked that at every turn. And so, you know, Mueller's a square, you know, he's a, he's a straight shooter, and his team sent him this giant report because that was what they were legally supposed to do. They noticed they didn't leak it or give it to Jerry Nadler yep. or, you know, or the New York Times or whatever, um, or whatever the whatever right-wingers think uh, the press does, give it to the lefty lesbian vegan journal <laughs> in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, they played ball and they gave it to the Justice Department and he stuffed it. Then he gave that crappy redacted, uh, semi-coherent, uh, non-sentenced letter. And then what? there's been two subsequent letters that haven't clarified anything. And, and of course, they did a victory lap about it. I mean, the one thing you can be sure of, I'm, obviously, I'm burning with rage over the whole thing. But the one thing you can be sure of is that um, if Jeannie Pirro and uh, uh, Orange 45 are screaming something very loudly, that it's uh, the absolute opposite of the truth because they're compulsive congenital pathological liars they have no track with the truth whatsoever so him screaming no collusion and exoneration and all that means that there's tons of it in there and the, the, you know they said uh the, the, you know that you've been reading the new york times and the washington post the last couple of days mueller's team's uh hacked off that it's being characterized this way that it's some sort of blanket exoneration of him they're like it, by no means is it that there's tons of stuff in there this is an international conspiracy to commit crimes, and they've done a lot of research on it, and they spend a lot of time putting it together, and apparently have their own version that's re- that is uh, redacted and ready to go to be released to the public without endangering anybody that doesn't want to endanger. His whole rationale that certain people will be hurt or whatever it flies completely in the face of how he acted um, during you know, uh, the Clinton administration, uh, and any precedent, let's be honest, when, when they impeach Clinton, Ken Starr, who's a terrible, terrible person and lawyer, um, released that awful report and it was lurid and damaging and basically made Clinton more popular because it was so awful. And, I think that all of Barr's reasons are just complete nonsense, and he's stonewalling. So I don't know. That was a long answer, but I, I, I don't. I think that it's gradually going to leak out. I think that they're they're subpoenaing the devil out of the report. I think that eventually uh, the Nadler's committee will get it. And also, I feel like this this uh, White House is super leaky. Um, it, it seems to me someone might get um, jumpy and and throw it out there. That is a distinct possibility. You're right. That is everybody. It's pretty cutthroat there, and they all kind of want to dick each other over. So I mean, he, he's he's down to putting Herman Cain on the Fed. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about someone who you wouldn't let him walk your kid across the street. You know what I mean? Not only is he a known predator, he uh, he he's, has all the qualifications to be a Trump appointee. He's stupid, arrogant, entitled, and um, a sexual predator. Um, you may remember when Herman Cain ran for president. Uh, a reporter asked him about Uzbekistan, and he thought that it was a made-up country. And he went, Uzbeki, Beki, Bekistan, you're trying to trick me, <laughs> trick me by knowing where a foreign country was or what it was. And then his campaign went down in flames because it turned out he was sexually harassing everyone on Earth. Um, so he's exactly perfect um, for uh, 45 to put in there. And who's the other cat, Moore, or whatever his name is? He he's, hasn't paid his wife anything, you know... Th- Basically, you have to be an abuser of women for him to recognize you and acknowledge you. Um, 
And then failing that, uh, or including in that, a white supremacist. Those are sort of the two. And willing to lie uh, at all times. Now, I think when Mattis left, Mattis certainly fit the bill because he was screaming white supremacist. But I think he just got tired of lying all the time, you know. At a certain point, his military training kicked in, and he was like, no, I can't. I'm I'm tired of you changing your mind every two seconds. Because literally, you know, what successful policies have come in the last two years? They got the tax cut for the rich. That was pretty much it, the only legislative thing. Maybe some of that crappy prison reform thing. Um, Of course, establishing the, you know, the uh, child uh, detention prison pedophile camps that they have for immigrants now and all that. They don't have a lot of, I mean, he was going to close the border, was he? And then he walked that one back. We were going to have, uh, we were going to destroy the uh, Affordable Care Act, and then they walked that one back after McConnell called him and went, do not do this to me. And I think that everything they come up with is so wildly unpopular with the public that the only reason we're not chasing everybody through the streets with torches is because the mainstream media is run by guys like Jeff Zucker. And uh, they're white guys, and they want to protect us. They want to keep it going. To them, it's a game. To them, it's a horse race. To them, it's both sides are equal. That's why the mainstream press exoneration of him and repeating the crappy White House talking points was a real shameful, shameful episode. If anything, they should have all just went, Mm-mm, this is their version of this. We're going to wait until we see it. And I didn't see a lot of reporters, other than Rachel, of course, and some other uh, you know, astute reporters, uh, Natasha Bertrand, and you know the usual, the ones that are, that dig deep, uh, David Korn, and the ones that are experts on this, all went no. And the but the you know, golly, the New York Times and the Washington Post, and all happy to put out op eds about how it should be over. And first of all, there's no such thing as collusion. We've talked about it before. There's conspiracy. Collusion's a made up word. Um, and then there was Cohen's. Uh, I, I'm sure if you saw that today. Cohen's lawyers have tons of stuff. They're mad that he's going to have to do three years for what they've described as doing what Trump asked him to do. And so they're saying, you know, he's got tons of material on the Russian meetings and all the things that we knew took place. I mean, even if they say that they're exonerated, it doesn't change the very facts that we already know, that there was a meeting at Trump Tower, that there was a real estate deal in place, that... Uh, Trump Jr. and uh, Jared were at the meeting with Manafort. It doesn't change that Manafort's going to jail. It doesn't change that Cohen's going to jail. I think it was a major fail uh, on um, the media. But then, AG, I'm just so... I don't believe in the fake news thing. I really I really detested it. So Nazi Germany, it just makes me sick. It's absolutely out of uh, the Nazi playbook. They always use that phrase. and um, It's also anti-Semitic. Um, let's be honest. Uh, but to call the, the press fake news and the lying press is, uh, what are the German, what are the Nazis call it? The Leugen press, right? They lie. Yeah, straight out of uh, Goebbels' handbook. Yeah, no, absolutely. Goebbels uh, invented that, uh, or, you know, really popularized that idea because they had movies and radio. And um, Hitler, more than FDR, pioneered the use of the radio address. As soon as radio got popular in the 30s, he went on every week. And then it was all about the Jews and the communists and the intellectuals and the, and the, and the queers and the, you know, this and that and demonizing everybody. And um, I think that's what they try to do. However, having said that, I feel like 
the press could have been a little more staunch about this Mueller report instead of folding and just going, oh, well, he says he's exonerated. He must be. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think they did definitely fold, uh, like you said. And, you know, speaking of one of our biggest mistakes was kind of giving Barr the benefit of the doubt. We're like, he's friends with Mueller. He's been the AG before. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, around Contra, kind of a cover up kind of a pardony guy. But, you know, let's wait and see what happens. And now it just seems to me like he's um, doing cover up. Uh, for Trump instead of being an independent, you know, head of the Department of Justice. I think the whole point of his appointment was uh, that he'd assured them beforehand, much like Kavanaugh or much like Gorsuch or Mnuchin or Ross or DeVos or any of these knuckleheads that are in there, they had assurances beforehand that uh, they would absolutely protect him at all costs and toe the line. Um, And that's why he was put in. The Senate approved him because... We're missing four Republicans with um, a conscience. All these things passed by a couple, three votes. And uh, if Mitch McConnell um, was to suddenly turn into a box of cornflakes tomorrow, it would be the best thing that ever happened to the United States. It's been the most destructive force in politics in the last 20 years. The thing I, that, that I can't wrap my head around is what happened to Rosenstein. He seemed to be a heat shield for this whole thing, and now he is not... No, he's noticed how uh, quiet he's been the last week. I think they've been muscling him, and I think um, I had a feeling that I thought he might even resign uh, at some point uh, over this nonsense. But I think they're just going to try to. They're big. They don't have a big overarching uh, strategy, and he's not a genius. He doesn't think of long range plans or anything like that because he doesn't have any thoughts about long range plans. He doesn't read. He receives all his information through television, and he doesn't even watch all the stations. He only watches the one he likes. And, you know, Rosenstein was a replacement, and I think what scared them at first was that he had too much integrity. And now we're seeing that um, he's willing to kind of play ball on this, too. Yeah, I just don't get it, because he is a witness in the obstruction of justice case. Uh Uh-huh. So... Barr is clearly instructing justice because he's what are we up to three letters now explaining why he isn't releasing the report that he's said he was going to release. Of course, 45 said a week ago, hey, release it, let everyone see it. And then as soon as it came out, nope, don't release it. Because he knows that there's going to be page after page after page after page of descriptions of him obstructing justice and other nefarious activities going on. Um, I think that the attorney generals in New York and Virginia uh, other jurisdictions are going to be carrying on with this case for a long time. I don't think anyone's out of the woods on this. I don't think it even begins to describe the breadth and scope of the Trump crime organization. I think when um, Adam Schiff gets Mueller in front of the committee, which he described as inevitable yesterday, that's going to be a moment, and hopefully that'll be televised. If you see Bob Mueller up there for all day, in front of that committee, of course, all the Republicans will act like morons, and Jim Jordan will scream, and you know, uh, uh, and they'll all act like the pinheads that they are, and, and they're having a race to see who can be the stupidest between Louis Gummert, Matt Gates, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, and of course the reprehensible Steve King. But I think when they get Mueller in there, Mueller is going to be very forthcoming. Hey, everybody, this is AG. You're listening to The Daily Beans and my interview with Greg Proops. We'll be right back with more. So stay with us. 
Today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Zola. Zola is the place for all things weddings. I wish I knew about Zola when I got married because we had to use five different vendors and it was a stressful and expensive nightmare. Uh, I will definitely use them the next time I get married. Just don't tell my current husband. Um, Zola, I'm kidding. Zola makes wedding plans easier and less stressful. Uh, with wedding websites, registry, invites, uh, and a guest list manager all in one place. Zola has a free wedding website design and all sorts of different kinds of options you can use to make it easy to create your site in minutes. You can add cool features like an online FAQ and an RSVP page, a custom URL, and password protection. With the highest rated registry of all time, you can register for gifts, experiences, and honeymoon funds, add gifts from other stores, or sync existing registries and get free shipping and returns and free and easy exchanges. They have price matching and group gifting as well. So shop your whole paper suite on Zola. From beautiful, affordable invites to save the dates and thank yous, they are all designed to match your wedding website so everything has a flow it's awesome and you can customize your own photos and wording and more they'll help you collect addresses and track online rsvps which is such a nightmare if you don't have this tool to help you and they do this with their free guest list manager they'll even address your envelopes for free so zola has helped one million couples get married and they'll help you too sign up at zola.com slash daily beans today and use promo code paper 30 to get 30 percent off your invites and paper order that's zola.com slash daily beans and use promo code PAPER30 at checkout. You'll be glad you did. And now back to my interview with Greg Proops. And now we have uh, Jerry Nadler, who, uh, based on the Washington Post and New York Times reporting from this week, saying that there were people in Mueller's team who wrote up summaries, front matter for each section of the report that were intended for the public, um, that Nadler's demanding these summaries and, and trying to find out, get all communications regarding why these summaries weren't released. And Barr is sort of walking it back, saying that he can't, he couldn't release the summaries because they contained grand jury material. So he wants us to believe that career DOJ, FBI, Mueller team lawyers wrote summaries for public consumption that weren't allowed to be viewed by the public. And that has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's absolutely the biggest blanket lie. It's a. It, it, now we're into like the communist Russia playbook here, where you just say something that's absolutely the obverse of the truth. As you said, Mueller's team, or what did what did forty five always call them? The fifteen angry Democrats, which they aren't, are all experienced prosecutors, and they were never going to write something. Their summation, I'm sure, is extraordinary reading. You know, it's going to be page after page of facts laid down very carefully. It's not going to be the incoherent. I, I believe there was no full sentences on the first crappy four-page letter that Barr put out. Right. Just sentence fragments. So this is where we're at here. We're, we're at the illiterate level of um, governance. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a shocking state of affairs. But I don't think, you know, I don't think it holds together forever. Here's a question for you. Do you think that the Democrats, some people are saying the Democrats, Jerry Nadler, the committee chairs in the House should wait uh, to see what they get from Barr before they start demanding the report? Or do you think they're right to immediately, um, you know, request and then probably subpoena these reports? I think they're right to do it. Um, I think Neil on the, um, is he on the finance committee? He's uh, asked the IRS for all of uh, 45's returns. I think that that's why 45's, you know, running around crazy and saying crazy stuff like windmills cause cancer and stuff. Uh, um, because he's being besieged on all sides. Um, 
now everybody knows for a bloody fact, which we already knew, that Kushner not only is a security risk, who should have never had security clearance, that he's, what was the, I can't remember the exact description the other day. Him and Ivanka were described as, um, their personal encounters with people were not even savory, meaning my guess is that they've been calling up every Saudi and Chinese person they could and tried to sell everything they know. And uh, so uh, that's coming down on him too. Um, Felix Sater's going to testify, is he not, in a week's time? Um, Cohen is desperate to squeal more because Cohen is desperate not to do any of that three years. If his lawyers blew that thing open today with all this Russian stuff and they're like, please look at it, uh, he, he just doesn't want to go to prison for what he feels like was his job. His job was to cover up. His job was to intimidate. His job was to be the mob lawyer. And so he did it and then he got caught for it. And he got, he, you know, he got federal time. And now he wants to sing and sing and sing and sing. I mean, you know, the idea that anyone's defending him at this point is this is the lowest point in history for the Republican Party. Obviously, I, I lived through Watergate and I lived through Iran Contra and I lived through Whitewater and W and Cheney. And they were all just awful. There's been like four presidents ever who weren't white supremacists, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the amount of corruption in Reagan administration was astonishing and it was recommended that he put everyone in jail and Herbert Walker came in and just wrote a, wrote everybody a get out of jail free card that what happened in Iran-Contra was a, a complete breach of the constitution and the Bolin amendment it was really bad um, what happened in Watergate is kind of smallish potatoes considered compared to what this is going on now we're talking about a contact with a foreign power to disrupt the United States and to change the course of the election, which it did. And we know all this. And my God, the national security advisor pleaded guilty and is going to go to jail. And he had all the code books and he had all the information and he spent a couple months in office just selling it all out to the Russians. And yet people come on TV and yell and scream and people write fiery op-eds and, uh, Lindsey Graham gets up every morning and Mitch McConnell gets up every morning and, you know, drink a bowl of human blood because they're on a keto diet or whatever. And, you know, go about their merry way. <laughs> Let me ask you this, AJ, because I'd like to, t I try to understand evil. And I keep coming back to the horrible Orwellian conclusion that he makes in 1984 when, um, uh, when O'Brien is torturing Winston at the end. And Winston says, I know how, I just want to know why. Why do we have this state of terror? And O'Brien says, power. The, the, the reason for power is power. And power is the power to inflict pain on other people. And that's it. He goes, there's, you, there isn't a big, the, what is it? The revolution isn't to overthrow the government. The government is, the revolution is to install the government, you know. And I'd like to think that it's not that way, but I'm kind of believing with these people it is because otherwise, why would you want the entire world poisoned, want everything, the economy to be destroyed, our standing to be toppled in the world? Why would you do all these things? What's the end game of it? I know McConnell's real old, but not all of them are real old. Certainly they realize they're, this is his presidency 
will be over in a couple of years, or at least will face the possibility of being over. And what are they going to run on? I mean, the midterms wasn't a big smashing success for them. They, they barfed up 100 seats to women. All of a sudden, there's all these women of color running around Congress, which has them completely scared. And their term for scared is crazy, right? Anytime anyone's progressive or of a different color or of a different gender, they're crazy. Yeah, they're gaslighting us, basically. And and to your point about, you know, the the Orwellian, I know how, but why? Um, I've, we've got a friend, a um, friend of mine, comedian named Tamar Catan. He's got a new podcast out called They Tried to Bury Us. It's, a, it's about immigration. Um, very... Uh, funny, but also very progressive guy. And he talks about how fear and hate and power, you know, being the things that they're after as the why are like an addiction because they're easy. And, and so I think when I, to answer your question there, when I frame this power and hate uh, and fear as kind of an addiction, like a drug addiction, um, it, it seems to make a little more sense to me as to why, uh, they would continue to go after this uh, this power for seemingly no other reason than to hurt people. And it's because it feels good to them and they're addicted to it. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, they're hemorrhaging women. They have been for a while. The midterms was an absolute forum on on him and his policies. Well, the only way they can win is to cheat. That's the only way they can win. They have to make sure that the Electoral College stays in, which is why there needs to be a big push to abolish it. They have to make sure that voter suppression is entrenched, which is why he wants to make Kobach the, you know, voting czar. And Kobach's the most egregious oppressor of voters since Brian Kemp and a screaming white supremacist. They want to make sure women can't have uh, health care, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, the Nazis did the same thing. One of the first things in the 30s was to ban abortion. I think they are literally trying to kill Democratic voters by <laughs> abolishing health care, taking away welfare, taking away food stamps, taking away Medicare, uh, uh, shutting down the border. Um, because I, Tucker, Car- Tucker Carlson said the other day that Democrats want open borders because we want to, quote unquote, change the population, uh, which is right. some Nazi shit right there. But uh, I think they're literally trying to eliminate through death, Democratic voters, uh, and then also, you know, they, they're attacking it from multiple sides, right? Because you've got uh, all those things that I just mentioned, plus the districting, plus the voting czar, killing voting rights bill, suppression, and teaming up with uh, foreign adversaries who are global authoritarians to try to uh, suppress the vote. Yep. And all those things are going on. And uh, at the same time, if uh, the the election is happens, one, uh, there's all of course the cr- the crazy dog scenarios of they try to stop the election from happening. Two, um, the election happens, he loses, and he refuses to abdicate, and somehow the Justice Department has to remove him from office or the army or whatever happens at that point. Then it becomes a coup. Uh, uh, if if it's allowed to, if we even have an election that was as tainted as the last one they're going to lose all the all the states that went for him got weaponized i think everybody's hip to the jive i think people are more galvanized than there ever were i'm sure in your life you've seen people who didn't ever care one whit for politics all of a sudden they're card carrying in the street 
signing up, going to meetings, activating, you know, becoming activists. And I think uh, it's kind of scaring them a little. The world's changing real fast. The problem is they got a lot of billionaires. They got all the resources because rich white guys run everything and they got a lot of rich white guys. Yeah. And and regarding um, your point on gaslighting, um, because I think... I think a, one of our listeners maybe emailed me and said that, that where that term originates from is is somebody who was telling uh, another person that they were crazy because that person thought that the lights in these gas lamps were getting brighter and dimmer, uh, and he would change the levels of them, but tell them, but tell the other person you're crazy if you think that until the, the person believed it, but. If you can find a way to measure the light, uh, and I think he had said something like it's called the luminous flux or something like that, then that's the way to resist uh, being gaslit is proving that the light levels are changing. Uh, And so I just thought that was a really interesting sort of analogy um, and metaphor for kind of what's going on right now. And because, you know, I, you know, I'm going to get a bunch of emails saying I'm absolutely insane thinking that Republicans are suppressing the vote uh, in ways that actually physically harm. You're not insane at all. Denying people health care is a great way to, you know, kill a bunch of people. Infant mortality rates gigantically high now. We're, we're really poor in that. Uh, people are there's the poverty level. I'm here in Indianapolis. I've been hit up 72 times between here and across the street. Um, poverty is raging. And then we have to hear Howard Schultz go on and talk about how socialism will never work. Uh, and uh, Jamie Dimon talking about how, you know, gee, capitalism's great and everything. And it's like, Jamie Dimon should be in jail <laughs> for what happened in 2008. And Howard Schultz should just shut up. If, if he really wants to help, he shouldn't run for president. He should give one of the women running for president a bajillion dollars and campaign. Mm-hmm. Um uh, no, yeah, you, you you know, people don't want to believe the worst. I still get people saying to me, you used to be funny before you were all political. It's like, one, I've always been political. And two, you hiding your head in the sand and wanting me to just make you laugh as a clown is not going to stop everything that's happening. So, mm-hmm. And three, I'm a citizen and I pay taxes and I have as much right as anyone else. And four, I'm really, really funny, so fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to tell political jokes. And I have, I have the facts to back it up. So... Uh, they are trying to kill people and they are trying to do this. It's not paranoia. There's a movie from um, oh, 1940 maybe with Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer and um, it's called Gaslight and it, fantastically um, uh, Angela Lansbury plays the slutty, horrible, duplicitous maid in it mm-hmm. and um, Ingrid Bergman is with Charles Boyer and he keeps lying to her all the time. She's like, well, didn't this just happen? He's like, no, you're imagining it, dear. And she starts to go mad and um, uh that's exactly what they're trying to do. They, what was it? Orwell also says the, the the chief command of the party was to absolutely not believe what you saw right in front of you. Yeah, what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears, um, and that was their final something or other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's their final and most important command. There's a scene in the book where he, because uh, he works at the Ministry of Information, which is the or the Ministry of Truth, which is in charge of lies, and. Uh, the chocolate ration's gone from three grams to two grams. And then he's given the assignment to write the article the next day that the chocolate ration's been raised to two grams. And he had written, he just saw it come across his desk the day before, that it was lowered. And so he writes it and sends it. And 
and you know the world goes on and i feel like that's where we're at now we reached a level of criminality where um 45's destroyed so many uh you know we're not having press conferences anymore they just shout well what did she say the other day smoky eyes said uh I got in trouble because I called her Sarah Huckaboom Pound Cake. It wasn't meant to be about her weight. It was just, just I thought it was funny, but uh, I don't. I try not to touch him. Smokey, I said, uh, Democrats are sore losers. <laughs> we're, at the, we're at the juice box level of disc- discourse here. Not to mention, they seem to completely forget what happened in the midterm elections. Boy, did that get not played. I mean, I've been saying it over and over again. There's a hundred black women mayors all over the country. Mm-hmm. Chicago just elected a black lesbian woman mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco has a black woman mayor. Atlanta has a black woman mayor. New Orleans, Charlotte. Um, the, the, the face of everything changed. And still only women are, uh, are only 25% of the Congress and what 23% of the Senate. And still men are mad about it. And still men are pushing women around and um, making comments about Alexandria uh, Ark. Cortez and and making they're crazy they're out of control and you've seen how excellent all the new congresswomen have been mm-hmm. Katie Porter and Katie Hill and Ayanna Presley and uh, Cortez they get in there and they dig deep and they don't let these guys off the hook and um, I think that the people who chair all these committees it's just a, it's a world of change and I think that that's what's got them spooked too they didn't expect after the Ryan Congress for this Congress to be. Um, fulfilling their job, which is to conduct oversight. But Pelosi said it yesterday. She said, you want to be presidential? Let's see the bar report. You want to be presidential? Let's see your tax returns. And we're going to keep asking until we get them. And that can be some hope to carry on. I'd like to think that, you know, I don't know about fixing this in my lifetime, but certainly we can pull back from the, having a crime family run the, run the show here. Because uh, it is confusing and depressing every day to uh, to wake up to this and try to make any kind of sense out of it. Yeah, well, I think the answer is that we just, uh, we've been saying it for a while now, we just have a vote in numbers too big to manipulate. Um, it's up to us, really. Uh, we've always been saying, you know, please, Mueller is not a messiah. He's not a savior. Uh, I, Andrea Chalupa on the show a couple of weeks ago said, we are the Mullers we've been waiting for. And... Uh, <laughs> We have to leave this up to ourselves and Congress. Um, the Mueller report, or excuse me, the Barr letter did not give Trump any boost. I thought he would his um, uh, ratings would go up, but they did not, or his approval rating, uh, but it didn't. And so I think that what slowly drips out of this Mueller report, on top of all the, the public reporting we already are aware of, uh, can only be negative uh, for him. Uh, so we just have to keep demanding that, demand his tax returns, keep these investigations full throttle and and vote. Uh, fortunately, we're Democrats. We can do two things at once. Um, so I think uh, I think that's going to be the answer. We are are we 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 get the government we deserve. Uh, we have to work harder. We have to battle uh, electoral college. We have to battle uh, redistricting. We have to battle foreign influence. We have to battle cheating and misinformation and disinformation campaigns and propaganda. But uh, I think we can do it. There's way more of us. I think we can do it. I agree. I couldn't agree more, AG. I think the overwhelming tide, uh, like you said, if everyone voted who wasn't for this, there stand no chance of winning. And I also noticed that uh, within a couple of days, the, all the polls came out and no one believed them. 
everyone believes that Mueller was right and that they shouldn't be withholding this. And this isn't really working either. But then nothing they do really works. They just keep repeating stuff and lying and screaming and hoping it all goes away, which is, I think, their big game plan is to hope it all goes away. I mean, part of why I could see him not wanting to ever leave the office is that he's certain to be chased down as a private citizen if he lives through this. If he becomes a private citizen, there's a lot of legal trouble for him. We definitely have to stay involved, not get fatigued and vote. So uh, we, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, everybody, check out Smartest Man in the World podcast. Uh, and of course, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And uh, your new album out on iTunes called The Resistance. Everybody, it's Greg Proops. Hopefully we'll see you April 18th at the Largo. Right on. Thanks, AG. Thanks. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazzell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>